This is Chase Geyser, and this is One American Podcast live with Jack Maxey. Jack, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. So what's your story, man? I, I, uh, I've checked you out on Gab. Uh, it seems like you have a, a very uh, diverse and important background, and I'm really excited to talk to you. Well, I, I have had an interesting life, that's for sure. I'm, I'm probably not the person the feds want to put on a stand. <laughs> yeah. By a stand, you mean like the like the uh, um, gallows? A, w- a witness stand. Well, I'm sure oh. they'd love to put me. I'm sure they'd love to put me in the gallows. Like a witness stand. So you started out. Um, how did how did your career start? Where did you go to school, or did you go to school? What did you do after that? Uh, I, I went to Yale, and then I was in the Navy, and then I lived in Spain a little bit, and then I lived in New York on Wall Street and wow. California. And, Lived in Florida for on and off for 20 years, spent almost a decade in Puerto Rico. I've been around. Wow. So how did you meet Bannon? I met Steve. Uh, I was in uh, Washington, D.C. This was in uh, early spring, I guess it was, of 2018, maybe. Mm-hmm. And a dear mutual friend of ours was dying. I, I had no idea that it was Steve also knew this woman. She was former ambassador to Switzerland and she'd been a great mentor of mine over time. And she was sort of like Reagan's right hand. Well, you know, you get to your eighties, sometimes you lose them, but you learn a lot about life by watching uh, brave people die. And uh, she was one of them. She was a truly wonderful American. Wow. And so um, and we, we shared a lot. We're both Catholic converts, both myself and her. Me she too. took a leap before me. And uh, so she, she's an important part of my life. And, and Steve came by to visit her. I was sort of doing bit. I, I sort of, you know, I went to be there when she died and she held on for five weeks. So I got to spend wow. five weeks with a dear friend. It's quite a wonderful wow. thing. You know, it's crazy. Um, my parents are getting older. My parents were 41 when they had me. So they're just in their 70s now. So they're not, I wouldn't say they're old yet, but they're older for my age. And I read some statistic like uh, after high school, you spend less time with your parents combined for the rest of their lives than you did the whole entire time up until you leave. And it's just so, it's so crazy to think about that. Well, you know, that is the way it is supposed to be. I mean, they're supposed to raise young men and women to be just that and move on and have their own families. And and uh, it's sad, I guess, that we're so far separated from one another in this country now. We all used to grow up in the same town. and But, uh, you know, it's a very important part to, to have good parents, to raise people with honor and good judgment and, and to love this country. Absolutely. So... I saw from your Gab profile that you were the first one to report on COVID-19, SARS-V2. Well, that's an interesting story. I was down in the Bahamas, and part of my mandate for a couple of years was to monitor China for Steve. And it's the middle of the night on like the 26th of December. I guess maybe it's now on the 27th. I'm trying to think. I guess I flew down there on Christmas Day. It must have been the early in the morning on the 26th and I was monitoring some things in China and following some things in Taiwan and people were making comments about there's a SARS outbreak, right? In Wuhan. And if you know China, anything associated with SARS is like uh, screaming leprosy in Jerusalem at the time of Christ. And so I knew that this was going to be a big issue. Now, ironically, our own intelligence services claim they didn't identify it until, what, January 6th? You know, Jack Maxey's uh, lone uh, intelligence officer 
was able to find it and they couldn't. That's quite embarrassing. That should be a real signal to the rest of us. You think they're us. lying? No, I think that they, uh, you know, for a trillion dollars a year, they don't return very much, do they? No. Remember, I mean, you know, they didn't even know the Taliban were going to take over Afghanistan. A private you think they're lying? Class. <laughs> I don't know. You know, okay, maybe they're lying. Maybe they're in I don't company. know either. I'm just, it just occurs either, to me. Either way, they, they don't deserve to be in their roles. Yes, that that is the truth. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've looked into this. You probably know more about it than I do. But I recently came across some sort of a report that the Wuhan lab um, had all sorts of contracts that they put on their website in September of 2019, like for new air condition filtration and something. And they, they removed some data pertaining to some of the research that they were doing. I don't know if that's true or not. Have you heard anything about that? I, I don't know. But I mean, one thing should be certain, okay, whether this thing came out of a lab that, and was created in the lab or whether it came from a pangolin in the wet market. One thing is certain that communist Chinese had treaty obligations to inform the world of a Nouvelle, Nouvelle virus. Mm. It had human to human transmission. Now it's very clear that they knew this was having human to human transmission at least as early as September or October. Yeah. And they lost control of it. You saw they shut down Wuhan, but note they shut down travel from Wuhan to the rest of China, but they allowed people from Wuhan to fly around the world. Now, if I had to get in the most benign sense, they got a virus that got out of control on purpose. They made sure that the rest of the world was going to suffer alongside them. Now, I, I, I don't trust the Chinese at all. They are evil technology. Uh, Churchill at one point gave a speech uh, about Nazi Germany, and he said, because of perverted science, the, uh, a, a dark shadow will fall over the whole world should they win. And because of perverted science, it could last for a thousand years. The perverted science that the Chinese and modern technology can apply to human population control via your cell phone, via your electronic communications, look at our FISA court. Right. They're recording every single keystroke. Now, they don't have the capacity to go through it all. There's not enough monkeys in the world to read it all. But let's say you decide 10 years from now to run for Senate and they decide you're not the guy. There's no reason they can go. Can't go back and find some unsavory text you got from a high school buddy. And yeah. Or they'll know every piece of porn I've ever searched for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah frankly. Yeah. Right? And, and, and declare you and declare you unfit, you know? I yeah. Mean, yeah. But the thing is, is every, everybody's got, everybody's got something embarrassing in their, in their internet search. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, no question. But at the same time, one of the problems we have in this country is we're looking for shiny objects rather than, uh, people with character and, mm. One of the things I learned in Washington is we were always told that we needed someone like Mitch McConnell because he gets along with everyone and Washington operates on relationships. Well, it doesn't operate on relationships. It operates on blackmail. They all have something on each other. I mean, a perfect example is, I mean, just, I know we're going to get into this, but Hunter's accused dozens of times in family texts back and forth of abusing his 12-year-old niece, right? Mm -hmm. And the worst possible accusations that a man could ever have laid on him. By his own family. By his own family. The FBI knows about this. The FBI wouldn't even, let's 
forget what their other motivations were, and I'll be happy to go into them because I think there were very strong yeah, motivations to protect yeah. themselves. The FBI wouldn't come to the rescue of a 12-year-old girl. Under no circumstances should anybody believe that they're coming to your rescue. That's, yeah. I said to yeah. someone the other day, I said, what, what does that mean about the soul of our country? Well, I think um, I think we've gotten to the point in, lar- in large where the intelligence community. And I'm just a layman. Okay, I'm not an expert. I don't have experience. I, the mo- the closest I've ever gotten to government work is I was a lobbyist at the state level in Tennessee. Very little corruption that I witnessed. It was very vanilla. Okay, right. but it seems to me that the intelligence community at the federal level has become the unchecked fourth branch of government. I mean, they're, they're hyper funded. They've got tons of power. And no one looks into what they're doing. Like when the, when the, if the FBI were to ever be accused of anything, they would conduct an internal investigation. I mean, can you imagine asking Enron to conduct an internal well, investigation? Well, you know, here's a perfect example. We know that Klein Smith uh, forged or falsified the warrant applications for Page, right? Because Page actually was an asset of the CIA. He was never paid, unlike the professor who was setting him and Papandoulas up, who was making. Check this. That professor at Cambridge made $450,000 a year from the FBI setting up Americans. How is that? So Are you listening? Yeah, the Cambridge yeah. professor who was setting him up, he gets $450,000 to be a professional scumbag. You, I don't get $450,000. You think, you know, some guy who's out there, you know, fast roping out, out of a Black Hawk, putting his life at risk every day, you think he's making $450,000? Every American should be utterly and completely outraged and hold the FBI, certainly the leadership and the leadership of the Central Intelligence Agency with utter and complete contempt. So do you... Do you think there's a path to recourse? Because I think part of the problem is, and this is why I actually started this podcast, is because I'm at the point where I, it's like something needs to be done, but I don't know what to do. So all I'm doing is like trying to bitch in the, to the biggest well, way you possible. Know, <laughs> you know, I, it, it, if they're listening, it's not just me. There are so many people behind me who are doing real intense heavy lifting. And I would like to echo the sentiments of, of the lieutenant colonel from the Marine Corps who resigned his commission a week or two ago because he wanted to hold the senior leadership to the same kind of accountability that a junior officer or senior enlisted man would suffer for the debacle that they did inside Kabul. I mean, Biden lied, 13 died, right? Why are they never held to account? I mean, people always ask, why is it that the guys at the sharp tip of the spear are so great and the generals, admirals all seem like punks? That's easy to explain. After the Second World War, they passed a law that you couldn't get flag rank without Senate confirmation. So our warriors at the flag rank level are people that pass the vetting process of Someone like, you know, Diane Feinstein, for God's sake. Right. And we've hardly won a war since, unless you count like we, Desert Storm. We have not won a war since. How did we win Desert Storm? We, we were back there Good 10 point. years later. Good point. We didn't win anything. We've yeah. spent $10, 15000000000000 trillion in the sands of Arabia. Remember when George Bush promised us in 2001, you're, you're, 
you were probably in elementary school. I was school, 11. So I was like, you were 11, <laughs> right? I was on the phone with a dear friend when the second, uh, when the first plane hit. And he's like, hey, brother, I got to go. My uh, my dad's in the World Trade Center. I got to call. Oh, my God. He was in the second building. Calls me back five minutes later. His dad says, hey, I'm fine. The Cessna hit the building. Don't worry about it. We're both on the phone again when the second plane hits. That was the last conversation he ever had with his dad. Oh, I had God. numerous people that I know who died there. And oh, then George Bush comes out. And what does he say? The first words out of his mouth. It's not, we're going to get these guys. It's not, uh, you know, uh, we're going to go after these people, hunt them down like rats and murder every single one of them. I want to make everyone clear that religion, that Islam is the religion of peace. That was one of the greatest lies ever told to the world. You can't be a, a casual student of history and possibly believe that Islam is the religion of peace. Now, I'm not saying that individual Islam, followers of Islam can't be good people. Right. But even they are terrified of their fellow Islamics. So George Mm -hmm. Bush lied to us. He said, we're going to take an army over there so that those people don't come here. So devil's advocate, devil's advocate, as one Catholic to another, one Catholic convert to another. Okay, so this comes from a friendly place. Couldn't you say the same thing about Christianity? I mean, Christianity has a very violent history, too. Uh, Christianity has a violent history, but it's a different violent history. It's mostly Christians killing each other, right? Right. Islam spread itself by the sword. Within a, a hundred years of the death of Muhammad, all of North Africa was Muslim. And they were invading Spain. I mean, as a Catholic. It's very unfortunate that we lack leadership in our church, sort of like Pope Francis is the uh, uh, the general Miley uh, of religion. But think of this. Think of the Battle of Lepanto. What did the Pope say then? He asked know. the people of Europe to go on a three-day fast and say the rosary. And against all odds, the wind changed and we destroyed the Muslim fleet, the fleet that was going to take over Europe. What happened with the siege of Vienna as well when the the Polish general is coming? He stops in Krakow. He makes all of his soldiers, remember the great winged knights of, of, of the Polish army? He makes them go to their knees, pray the rosary, and seek the help of our Virgin Mother. And what happens? These 20,000 guys show up and they're 80,000 Ottoman Turks surrounding the city of Vienna. And they catch them unawares and they charge down that hill armed with the armor of Christ. And they vanquish them. Never invaded Europe again. Ever again. And here we are now, 500 years later. Religion is something we don't really care about. Faith is something that's not very important. And, and, uh, don't think that they have changed their objectives. Their objective is still to conquer us. Their objective is still to outbreed us. Their objective is still to enslave us, still to rape our wives and daughters. This is clear. They do it. Every, we've seen it everywhere. In Syria, we see it in the streets of Germany right now and, and in the suburbs of Stockholm, Sweden. And yet everybody pretends that it's not happening. You know, I believe all people are are the same, right? 
all made in the image of God. Sure. But culture is important. There's no question about that. And uh, when you have a culture that promotes violence against women, I mean, the Pew, Pew, the Pew Foundation, right? This is not a, a right wing foundation. They did a study of Muslim points of view concerning suicide bombing in the United States. The question is, is it ever valid to uh, blow yourself up to get your point across? Essentially, that's the question. 6% of the Muslims living in America said it's always valid. I mean, let's get real, people. Let's start calling things what they are. Well, we're talking about you know, outrageous, toxic, masculine, white males, you know, I don't see any of them talking about, if you said 6% of the white Christian males in this country believed that it was okay to set bombs off in crowded restaurants to get their point across, then we would have a problem. But remember that great liar, George Bush, you know, the state of Texas should kick those people, those carpetbaggers back to Connecticut. You know, has he finished painting all those childlike pictures he was going to paint for all the people he killed in Afghanistan? Now, somehow that project ended. I guess enough families, you know, threw him back in his face that he stopped his painting project. This guy's an absolute fraud. The 20th anniversary, after utter and complete failure and the doubling of our national debt, he had the gall to say the danger facing America are white males. You know, I mean, I hope he doesn't put himself in that category. He may be white, but he certainly is not a man. That Bush is that Bush family is is the worst thing that ever happened in this country. The worst decision of the Reagan presidency. He himself felt it. I know this because that beautiful, kind, Christian, gentle lady, Faith Whittlesley, was his right hand. It's the biggest mistake that ever happened. And he's out there, you know, look, look what happened. We, we Bush went, Sr. was director of the CIA, is that right? And then Bush Sr. was director of the CIA. Mm-hmm. They brought Bush Sr. in to clean things up after the church committee hearings. I'm pretty sure he came in to make sure that they were just more crafty. Mm-hmm. What have they accomplished? I mean, think about it. I'm old enough. I was serving in the Navy at the time. The year or two before the Soviet Union collapsed, you know, the national uh, uh, security assessment was that their economy was growing. Their military was getting stronger every day. We were in big trouble. This is the kind of, these are the guys we're giving a trillion dollars a year to, to come up with this analysis. I mean, recently, do you think they were, just, think they were just making that up in order to justify increased, um, uh, well, like weapons development? Well, okay. So for contractors. So, uh, uh-huh. let's say they're doing that. Then they're liars to commit sure. a, a financial fraud on the American people. I mean, this is, these are institutions that are failed institutions. And I think the American people need to wake up. I mean, I'll lay some things out right now that will prove to you that these people do not have the interests of the American people at heart. They're, they're, the intelligence agencies are, are perfect metrics of the Bush character. They're fancier than you. They're richer than you. They're better educated than you. They're smarter than you. They look down on you and they know what's best for you. And they don't care if they have to lie to get what they want because their plan for America is more valid than yours. It's that simple. They're arrogant. 
beyond belief. I mean, I probably shouldn't say it on air, but I, 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 I despise the Bushes. I think yeah. they're the worst people on the planet. I was at an intimate dinner with George Bush in about 93 after Senior. the Gulf War. Yeah. With close family friends of his. And no, I wasn't rude. I wouldn't even shake his hand. I, I, I had trouble eating my dinner, supping at the same table. Well, what were you doing there then? <laughs> well, because I was, I was there for, for an event that was celebrating something in someone else's life. And he was there too. And, uh, you know, everyone was kissing his ring. And I thought that this is just a, a bad person. Think about what he did. He invaded Kuwait. Let's think about that. Right. I, I can't I can't think of another leader in the Middle East who was any better than than Saddam Hussein. When Saddam Hussein was in power, the burqa was illegal. By law, fifty percent of the university places had to go to women. By law, fifty percent of all the civil service jobs, which let's face it, in a totalitarian regime are most of the jobs, had to go to women. That's completely changed since we saved Iraq from themselves. Why do you think we real? What do you think the real reason for going to Iraq was, given that there were no weapons of mass destruction? Again, I, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that the Bushes are very arrogant people, and they presume that they can figure out how to make the world operate. I mean, let's let's be real. What what business do we have going anywhere to try try and build democracies? You know, let's get back to. Why didn't we go full Dresden in this war, right? If we're going to go to war, I want to kill their people, not my people. I want rules of engagement that are like any military-age male who is not waving a white flag with both hands up in the air is a target. I want to go through those countries if we decide to go to war so that a thousand years from now, they're still going to be talking about how we left smoking craters in every village. That's how you win a war. We did it in World War II. Right, right. And so we've never won power. You have to crush we, your enemy we, entirely. We, we've never won a war since. And what did we get after World War II? We got the Central Intelligence Agency. We got the you know Defense Acts that made our generals be political appointees rather than warriors chosen by the warriors. It, it, it's well, an what awful was the, what situation. What was the justification for that? What was the thinking behind doing that? Why did they make that change? I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe someone was offended by Patton's salty language. I don't know. You know, let's, we know one thing. These elected officials of us just keep gathering power and power and power. I mean, I, I'm, you know, in a few weeks, people are going to see a bomb go off, a metaphorical bomb for the, uh, you know, lackeys with the headphones on somewhere. And... Uh, they gather power more and more. We've got federal law enforcement offices in every county in the in the country. If I was had something to say, I'd tell all the sheriffs of America to ask them to pack their crap up and get out. They don't have any right to be there. They're there because we allow them to be there. Right? You've got all these sheriffs now saying that they're not going to enforce federal gun laws. Then tell everyone to pack up and get out. Send them back to Washington. Don't cooperate with them. Because they failed us over and over and over again. They are bloated bureaucracies. They exist for the sake of existing. And think of the federal government in general. 
I mean, this goes all the way down to your local school board. They fail in educating kids. They fail in providing health care and filling potholes. And they fail in defense, right? Because we just lost, we just spent $10 trillion and lost to medievalists in pajamas. Let's be very well, clear. Yeah, yeah. It was like Cool Hand Luke. You can't lose if you keep getting up, and they just kept getting well, up. Well, quit the, first. The, 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 you know, let's remember Cool Hand Luke didn't survive the whole thing either. That's they right. They shot him. So what I'm saying is if you're going to send our boys and girls to die, you need to unleash them to allow them to do their job. We could have right. ended that thing. And, and you know what? After we're finished, I'm not paying for the graves. I'm not paying for the schools. I don't care if you have democracy. I just want to make sure that you know that the American people unleashed will come back and do the same thing over again. So take a pause on your desires for a thousand years. I mean, we live in this world of falsehoods. For example, think about NATO, right? We spend roughly a trillion dollars on European defense every year, all in. And what do we get for it? Nothing. Right? Look at the way that the Europeans, because of the Greens and the environmentalists and global warming, they don't burn coal anymore. They've got a huge supply of coal in Europe, but they don't burn coal anymore. They uh, decide we're going to go with natural gas. They don't have any natural gas. They can't supply enough natural gas from the North Sea even to keep the lights on in Britain anymore. So a former president or chancellor of Germany, Gerhard Schroeder, leaves office and goes becomes a board member at a Russian company called Nord Stream, and they build Nord Stream 1, which pipes natural gas from Russia into Germany along the Baltic, right? Currently, Russia supplies more than half of the gas supply for all of Western Europe. When so they, they bring totally cut off all the energy in Western Well, when Europe. they when they bring Nord Stream 2 on in a couple of years, which Joe Biden signed off on, you remember Trump went over to the Helsinki conference at the first months of his presidency, or maybe it was in the second year of his presidency. And he called them out on it. He said, what is the purpose of us spending all this money when the Russians can just turn off the gas? Right? What, do you, what is there to defend when Western Europe is in the midst of a cold snap and the, the light switch doesn't work? Nobody's got a fireplace. It's not like you're going to be in a 20-story tower with uh, you know zero-degree wind chill and warm yourself. The whole thing is a joke. I mean, Germany, our great ally, their Air Force at any time has like a dozen aircraft that are flight-worthy. And yet we pretend that they're going to do anything. And their former chancellor has made tens of millions of dollars collaborating with the Russians. I mean, I've said it many times. People criticize me. Smartest thing we could have done is turned around and asked NATO, asked Russia to join NATO. Why? They're largely a Christian nation. They share the same enemies that we do. An ascendant radical Islam, you know, that is uh, through breeding is taking over their country and an expansive communist China. Russia has the same concerns that we do. I mean, two years ago, there was a study done by the Orthodox Church in Russia. And believe it or not, they think by 2060, Chinese people will be the majority population in what we consider to be Russia proper. 
It's a frightening prospect. And instead of drawing them closer to Western Europe, we're pushing them into the arms of the communist Chinese. Why? Who benefits this nonsense of, oh, Russia, Russia, Russia? On Hunter Biden's laptop, I got plenty of Russia. But it can't do anything. It can't project force. But during the Obama administration, we allowed them to get a 100-year lease on a, a naval base in Syria. We allowed them to get a 100-year lease on a massive air base in Syria. A warm water port on the Mediterranean has been a you know close to a 1,000-year goal of the Russian people. And we did it like, oh, no big deal, whatever. So, And you remember after they stepped in, no more talk about toppling Assad. It's, it's just a farce. We, we have been lied to almost my entire life, from Vietnam on down. We could have won that war too, but we didn't. You know why? Because we want to kill people, but we just want to kind of kill them. Right? No. If your objective is to go to war with someone, then you kill people until they stop. 100%. You don't slow down. You ratchet it up. You got 10 bombers and you build 20 more, then the next flight is going to be 30 bombers. And next week after that, it's 60. Exactly what we did to Nazi Germany and exactly what we did to Imperial Japan. And now look today, the Japanese are great allies. I mean, talk about something frightening. The Biden administration comes in. Japan and Taiwan are having mutual defense discussions. They're not even inviting the Americans anymore because they know. Well, last time we got, we went to a meeting with them, we brought a purple hair lady. You remember that? Blinken had that meeting with China and brought, he brought the, the lady on his team that had her hair dyed blue. <laughs> I, don't, I, so haven't watched, I haven't watched the hearings and they're asking quite a few things about Anthony Blinken. A- Anthony yeah, Blinken yeah. is an awful person. I, there's tons of stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, for so, example, yeah, can we, Hunter let's Biden's- talk about, Let's talk about that laptop. Has it leaked the contents of it? No, not much of it. There are people okay. who say they have it. There's a one grifter out there named Garrett Ziegler who's trying to raise money to write a paper. He's a 25-year-old kid, and there are adult men who, with decades of service to this country, are doing things he has no idea about. And he got that laptop from me by lying about it. He said he was going to give it to the director of national intelligence. This is in December. So the kid did actually get the laptop. I gave it to him because I thought he was going to deliver it to the director of national intelligence. I found out six months later, I said, nah, he doesn't have it. He's got that download that I put on uh, Swiss transfer with 8,000 emails just to let the people who were threatening me know that I could throw the whole thing up if I wanted to. I've been very so, so astute. You, you've actually, you actually have the laptop or have had it. I've had the laptop. I was the first person outside of his attorney who Rudy probably handed it to. And now I think his son looked at it and other people, but you know, he, he was a great friend of war room pandemic at the time. And he contacted us and Steve said, look, we're not going to come to your lawyer's office and look at this and have somebody hit enter and page down. If you want us to look at it, it's two weeks of the election, hand it to Maxie. Guess what? I found, I figured I started out. I said, look, He's a Wall Street guy, highly regulated business. I said, let's start from the premise that liars lie, cheaters cheat. They cheat in one thing, they cheat in everything, 
right? They cheat on their wife, they'll cheat on you. They cheat at golf, they'll cheat in business. But we can tell that Bidens are cheaters and liars. So I said, okay, why don't I start at the easiest spot? Let's look at the broker-dealer. I find, found prosecutable crimes, and I put people in jail for the same crimes I found. In 15, 20 minutes, I found a dozen of them. Now, let's think about it. Guess who is the director of enforcement for the SEC? Peter Strzok's wife. Peter Strzok's wife. Peter Strzok is a, he's a, he's a traitor, utter traitor in the pocket of the Bidens. And I'm willing to testify to that. And I'm, I, I invite Peter Strzok to sue me for defamation. And there are many so, others. What were some of the other items on the, on the laptop that you, you found? Because I haven't read anything about this laptop. All I know is that it was probably sketchy. I saw the text that you referenced earlier. Nothing sketchy family. about it. We, I, we hired the Daily Mail, who I gave this to on March 3rd. I gave it to Swedish National Television in early January because there are multiple crimes that were done against Sweden. Okay. Uh, and I thought, hey, you guys should report on this. The Biden family and the upper echelons of, frankly, both parties. Clearly, this is, I have mostly Democrat in this. But if we had justice, a thousand people or more would go to jail. The betrayal wow. is off the charts. Hunter Biden, look, let's look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden has two functions that he's given by, by Barack Obama, right? Give, some, give the uh, vice president something to do to keep him out of your hair. One, China. He was going to make sure that the Chinese kept the South China Sea lanes open for transit of any sort, right? This is a 150-year aim of the United States Navy, declared aim. And all Biden has to do is go over there and convince them to stop building, uh, you know, these landfill islands in the middle of that sea lane, which essentially are aircraft carriers designed to put American children at the bottom of the sea. Biden fails. But two months later, Hunter gets a $1.5 billion deal to create a private equity fund with the Communist Chinese with money from the Bank of China. The Bank of China is not like the Federal Reserve. It's not like the Bank of New York. It is. It, I tried to open an account. In the Bank of China, it's, it's Chairman it's Chairman Z's account. I mean, this is this is deadly serious stuff. You look at Burisma. Burisma was uh, all of most of Burisma's natural gas assets are in Crimea, the portion of Ukraine that was invaded by the Russians during the Obama administration, 2014, and. Joe Biden was the point man on Ukraine. Well, Hunter gets a job at the same time that he's supposed to be, that his father's supposed to be running the Russians out of Ukraine. Hunter gets a job from Burisma. The vast majority of Burisma's income comes from gas that they pump out of the ground in Russian-occupied Crimea. In fact, Zelensky, or, uh, I'll say the name wrong. The CEO of Burisma was prior to creating the comp company of Burisma, the interior minister of Ukraine during an incredibly corrupt time in 
in a corrupt country. Olszewski, yes. He ends up awarding himself the mineral rights of almost the whole nation, including all of Crimea. So who benefits by keeping Crimea Russian? Burisma benefits. Because if they got the land back, the people of Ukraine would take all of that away from Burisma. Well, they, they, they're kind of, uh, you know, they got the reins tight on them because America's giving them billions of dollars every year. I mean, you had Joe Biden on tape say, I told the president of Ukraine he ain't getting the billion dollars unless he fires that prosecutor. Well, he fired the prosecutor. The Sounds one like good pro quo. Was the one who was going to try and put Zolchevsky in jail? I mean, just give you an example, okay? And I found this. I, I find new crimes every day. I have so many text messages where Hunter is using and dealing cocaine. One in which he complains that the, what they delivered that he's going to sell to someone else. His test kit says it's got fentanyl in it, and Hunter uh, complains to the the bigger dealer that you got to take this back and sell it to someone else. So Hunter delivers back the fentanyl-laced cocaine so that someone else can die. Does it get any lower than that? Now, let's let's talk about China. My contention is that Hunter and his Devin Archer both got their jobs at Burisma at the behest of the communist Chinese. Because every time they were flying around the world at the, on behalf of the cover of Burisma, they were going to Kazakhstan to try and purchase oil fields for the communist Chinese. They were down in Mexico trying to buy uh, the offshore fields on the Yucatan for the communist Chinese. Remember that oil well that we saw, the gas was flaring up right out of the water back in June? Right, it's the portal from hell that Kamala Harris came through. The same exact oil fields they were trying to buy for the communist Chinese, right on our back doorstep, while Joe Biden was vice president, his son was trying to broker a deal to sell those to the communist Chinese. The objective was that they were going to take over those fields. Instead of flaring off the gas, they were going to capture the gas, pipe it to shore, build a pipeline across the isthmus of the Yucatan, and build an LNG plant right on the Pacific coast of Mexico to service China. Why? Because China wants energy independence. They don't want the U.S. to have any control over their future. and. Biden's done multiple things to make sure that happens. He shut down the pipeline to uh, Canada, right? He also told yeah. told the Russians, and eh, no problem with Nord Stream 2. Just, you can go ahead with that. These are horrible, awful, dangerous people who have put at risk every single American. I mean, let me, let me just explain to you how deep and bad it is. In April, I found... A screenshot that Hunter had taken of a WhatsApp conversation with someone named Jay Free, another guy named Buckman, and himself. And it was clear that this little WhatsApp conversation was an attempt to obscure a relationship that will become clearer as I, I tell the story. He wants to make sure that, you know, the connection to Free goes through Boyd Schiller, which is a big law firm in, in Washington, D.C. Hunter, by the way, had a $256,000 a year no-show job with them. And so what happens is Hunter has a corrupt oligarch in Romania. 
a criminal. And the reason Hunter is friends with this guy and the reason Hunter has a business relationship with this guy, like very many of these criminals around the world, I believe the Chinese set it up. And this guy is going to help grease the skids for the sale of the Ploeste oil fields in Romania. Very small oil field by today's standards. But if you remember World War II, Ploeste oil fields were the last source of oil, gasoline, etc., for the Nazi regime. More probably Army Air Corps men were killed bombing that airfield than were killed bombing Berlin. And 75 years later, Hunter's trying to sell that to the communist Chinese, that blood-soaked soil of our patriots, of our grandfathers, to the communist Chinese. Now, this guy gets arrested. His name's Popescu. He gets arrested by uh, the authorities in Bucharest. There's a female prosecutor in Bucharest. This is in 2016. And the female prosecutor is hardcore. She's like a Rudy Giuliani of Bucharest, Romania. She's kind of a folk hero. I, I researched her. I've asked Romanian, like I asked a Romanian waiter six months. I said, you know this woman? He goes, ah, oh, she's the greatest. We love her. She's the only one in the country that fights corruption. Okay. Hunter has to get his friend out of jail. So who is Hunter going to call and why did they have to obscure how he made the connection? It was pretty clear when you hear the rest of the story. He calls Louis Free, former director of the FBI. Now, Louis Free didn't serve out his 10-year term because Louis Free had massive failures in counterespionage, the most notable one being Hansen. I think they made a movie about it a few years ago, the Catholic guy who betrayed us to the Russians. Apparently, we went to church with Louis Free. Anyway, Hunter calls up Louis Free. And or Hunter surrogates contact Louis Free, but there are multiple emails between Louis Free and Hunter. Remember, Hunter in 2016 was kicked out of the Navy two years prior for cocaine use. Right. Why is the former director of the FBI even taking this punk's phone call, let alone entertaining doing work with him? There are multiple emails where Louis Free is begging Hunter and his dad to come work with me. Hunter, we can make tens of millions of dollars. During this period of time, he gives Hunter. He gives the Biden grandchildren $100,000 as a gift to their trust. Who else gave $100,000 gifts to the Biden grandchildren trust? Okay. Now, the purpose of engaging Louis Free, who has a firm called Free Sullivan, which bills itself as both a law firm and a kind of global fix-it corporation. These are the employees, a couple of former attorneys from the Southern District of New York couple of former, uh, one former attorney from the middle district of Florida, that's Epstein's district. A uh, guy who bills himself as someone who can solve any computer problem on planet earth because he's NSA. Sullivan is a retired federal judge who brags about the fact that he was on the uh, honor committee at the United States military academy. I can tell you one of his classmates cried when I showed him this stuff, cried, he wept. I'm talking a former SOG patriot. So Hunter engages Louis Free, and Louis Free says, tell you what we can do. Not only can I put to work all the retired spooks and FBI assets in, in the region, I can put together to work the current serving FBI agents in the, NAT, in the State Department security apparatus. 
Not only that, Hunter, I've got the FBI instructors at the Anti-Corruption Academy outside of Bucharest, and their students work for us, too. We'll get this. We'll get to this lady. We'll find her. He engages the help of a former U.S. head of Interpol. Oh, yeah, that, that guy also works for Free Sullivan. And they attempt to dogpile this woman to intimidate her into changing her position. Right now, they go through the niceties of essentially trying to relitigate the case, and they create like a ten-page document about like, oh, they they used uh, but when they should have said because in the document, and all this nonsense. The same horseshit that uh, lawyers use all day long, and ultimately, Free himself travels to Bucharest, Romania, at least three times trying to get this guy out of jail. And in the correspondence between Free and his partners, Louis Free describes the trial as free and fair, the prosecutor as incorruptible. So good person, and they're going to dogpile this person to get Hunter's guy out of jail. Now, ultimately, they reduce the sentence from 19 to, say, six and a half. But God bless her, the woman holds her ground, and she's an honorable person. So Louis Free and his creepy agents of you know personal destruction obviously couldn't find anything in her background that they could blackmail her with or shut her down with but they tried okay so all this occurs in 2016 the spring of 2016 why is this important spring and summer of 2016 because this is the same time that joe biden and ambassador voinovich and the little bow-tied you know Half-man Kent and the coal miner's daughter are all over there in uh, Ukraine firing the corrupt prosecutors inside Kiev. Okay, kind of coincidental, isn't it? That one surrogate for the Biden family, a former head of the FBI, is trying to destroy an honorable prosecutor a thousand kilometers to the southeast, southwest, and in Kiev, you know, not even the distance from, you know, Richmond to Boston is trying to uh, get this person fired. Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I go to someone very well known who would have knowledge. And I say, you're not going to believe what I found on the laptop. Apparently, the FBI is for sale for the right price. And I have hard evidence. Now, the Daily Mail published some stuff about this. They've been wonderful. I, I give full credit to the Daily Mail. But all the documents that are marked privileged, you know, people are afraid to necessarily publish those. But in those documents, he, he describes subverting the FBI to Hunter Biden's criminal aims while his father is a vice president. That should terrify everybody. Now, let's fast forward. 2016. Oh, I tell this guy, he's got a lot of experience with free, tons of experience with free. And I, I won't say his name, but sure. I inform him of this and he says, bro, you're not going to believe it. Louis Free is like super tight with Peter Strzok. Remember, Peter Strzok testified against the president along with Voinovich, Kent, and you know, the English coal miner's daughter in the first impeachment. Well, 
he says, they're really close. I said, oh, my God, you know, this is terrifying. What, can you prove that? He said, I can't. You know, there's not going to be anything in writing, but I just remember seeing these guys together all the time, frickin' frack. Remember, this guy was up in New York. Free was up in New York nonstop. We had Flight 800. We had the first World Trade Center bombing. We had Rudy Giuliani putting the mob away, right, the five families. He said, yeah, free and strong, really close, man. It's messed up. So I said, oh, man, this is crazy. So I call one of my confidential informants, and I inform him of what I found. And this is a guy who is a great American patriot, you know. He's just a, an amazing man. He's put his life at risk, as we all have. And he says, Jack, you do know that Peter Strzok and Louis Free are very close friends. I said, my God, you know, this is some, these two people don't know each other. I said, are you kidding me? He said, you know, I, I've told you too much. I, I, I shouldn't even be talking about this. He said, can you call me back in 10 minutes? I may think he wants to go maybe somewhere more secure. I don't know. And when I get him back on the phone, he says, yeah, during the 1990s, and you remember, Free gets let go or, or sort of retires early because of the Hanson thing, i.e. the greatest espionage failure in the history of America. And it happened inside the FBI, right? He says, yeah, he goes, uh, in the 90s, there were a number of these spy catcher teams. They were all off books. They answered only to this the director of the FBI. There's no records of them. And he said, you know, Louis Free decided that Peter Strzok was his little, you know, it's like the colonel found the second lieutenant he liked most. They got to drive around in the Jeep together. I said, oh, my God, you know, is there any, like, printed evidence of this? Can you, you know, anything like that? He goes, there's not going to be anything like that, Jack, because... These teams weren't theoretically supposed to even be in existence. Right. He said, but it gets a lot more frightening than that. He said, James Comey was the Chinese firewall slash executive officer who was the plausible deniability between the spy catcher teams and Director Free. Comey, Free, Strzok. Right. So I'm I'm freaking out. Okay. Now, and if the Senate will get their spine together, I can put all of these people under oath and I'll go under oath too. I don't even need an attorney. Everybody. Okay. So, 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 so let's think about this, right? Three years later, Louis Free has begged Hunter to do business with him because me, you and your dad can make millions. Right, just that discussion with a guy who's booted from the Navy for cocaine, just that for a former director of the FBI is disgusting in my book. That in itself is damning. But to subvert the FBI, current serving FBI agents, or at least claim he can do it, you know, if the FBI can come out and say Louis Free's full of crap, have at it. But they haven't said anything. Remember, the FBI got their hands on the laptop on the 9th of December of 2019. 
four weeks before Peter Strzok, the number two guy, counter-espionage at the FBI, testified against a sitting president to try and get him removed from office. Okay, so let's fast forward to 2019. Hunter and his uh, family, the Biden crime family, that, that's, that's too nice a term. The traitors. I mean, Benedict Arnold. You know, in future, the Biden family name is going to be used like quizzling. It's going to be a descriptive adjective for somebody who betrayed their country. So Did Hunter has come lo- to light? Count on it. There, there are a lot of brave Americans who are going to make it happen, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. So, I mean, think about it. I delivered it to the Senate Judiciary Committee on the 7th of July of this year. Have you heard anything? That means so disheartening. That means that means Grassley. Isn't he supposed to be a wonderful, you know, Republican? Linda Graham. Ted Cruz. Marsha Blackburn. Ben Sass. Tom Tillis. Uh, Kennedy, Lee, they all sit on the Judiciary Committee and they have had Hunter Biden's laptop in their possession since I delivered it on July 7th of this year. The Washington Post has had it since June 14th of this year. I sat down in their boardroom with them for two and a half hours, showed them everything. So, Hunter loses his laptop in the spring of April of 2019. Who do you think the Biden family is going to call to solve that problem? Well, they know Louis Freewood is willing to subvert the FBI just to get Hunter's criminal friend out of jail in Romania. So in 2019, I'm guessing they're going to call Louis Free. With what I know now, I'm guessing Louis Free is going to call Peter Strzok at counterespionage. And I'm guessing that Peter Strzok put the word out on the street in the FBI that only this thing turns up in a blackmail situation and it turns up anywhere. This goes to the counter-espionage group. It's national security, 100%. No one touches it but us, right? Well, they actually get it, not because they are great gumshoes, not because one of them thought, well, maybe Hunter left it at a repair shop. Not because they went and found it, but because the patriotic Mac Isaacs, a young man of patriot. If I were president, that would be the first Medal of Freedom would be given to that young man. He reaches out to the FBI at the same time that they're beginning the Zelensky nonsense of an improper phone call that Donald Trump had and the start of the the impeachment. But, you know, trust me. He tried other places, too. He tried Tom Cotton. He tried other people. And they never came and got it. Never returned his calls. Right? Or no, actually, he doesn't try Tom Cotton until the, till, until, uh, the spring of 2020, I believe. I, I, forgive me, Tom. You, you were not that early on. He goes to his family. His father, highly decorated Vietnam pilot. He used to fly those gunships. He's got an Air Force Cross. It's one level below the Congressional Medal of Honor. 
his grandfather similarly decorated. This is this is the kind of family that this country was built upon. So he gets with his dad and his uncle, who's also a retired uh, officer. He says, guys, what should we do? And Mac Isaacs, sadly, was born with very bad eyes. He can only see as far as this screen. That's why he became a computer guy. Otherwise, he'd probably be a great patriot serving in the Air Force like his whole family had done for 50 years. And they say, son, we need to take this to the FBI. Meanwhile, Mac Isaacs has tried to contact Hunter by by registered mail, telephone calls, you name it, every possible way he has been trying to reach Hunter Biden. But like these knuckle brains at the FBI weren't like, you know, let's well, check Hunter's mailbox. No. Ultimately, six months later, he has to approach the FBI on his own. Does the FBI send an officer over immediately to pick it up? No, they delay for two and a half months. They play games with him. They want him to set up somebody who might show up, right? And during this period of time, Mac Isaacs gets a little squirrely and a little scared, right? Why aren't they just coming to get it right now? You know, I called them up. I'm an American citizen. And he doesn't want this in his possession because there's an impeachment trial about to start, and it's filled with Burisma, Ukraine, communist China out the wazoo. Burisma is like this compared to the betrayal to the communist right. Chinese. Right. And he just wants it out of his hands. He wants to give it to the FBI so that they can protect America. When the guy finally shows up on the 9th of December, 2019, first words out of his mouth. Did you find child pornography on this? I can assure you, I've handed a laptop to the FBI before. When they came to get it, they didn't ask if there was child pornography on it. It is not a standard question. It's a question you ask when you think there's a high likelihood that there might be child pornography on it. Mac Isaac's like, I don't know, man, but there's so much stuff on it. I'm so glad you guys finally arrived. Frankly, I was in fear for my life. The second thing that the FBI says, and this is essentially their whole conversation before the FBI agent leaves. In my experience, people who keep their mouths shut Nothing to worry about. And the FBI takes the laptop. The FBI to this very day has not acknowledged that they have the laptop. But remember, they sat on it through an impeachment. But more importantly, and this is very important, particularly for all you people in Austin, you Bernie Sanders fans, you know, or Elizabeth Warren or Amy Klobuchar or whoever. I personally was a big fan of Tulsi Gabbard. If, I think if Tulsi Gabbard had won the Democratic nomination, I probably would have gone and worked for her. Yeah, because she's I a patriot, right? She's a patriot. She she says she took an oath to the Constitution, and I believe her, right? Yep. She's only one of those knuckle She hasn't taken ever. the oath as, as often as Joe Biden has, though. Well, but you know, Joe Biden never. He's wore taken a it every election cycle for. 50 years. <laughs> Joe Biden's never worn a uniform. I took oh, it of once. Not. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm I, I took it once and that's all that matters. Of course. So the FBI has the laptop on the 9th of December. There's okay. evidence in there that would keep Joe Biden from running for dog catcher. In retrospect, Joe Biden would be, do you think that you should have just published it? I didn't get it until October 15th of 2020. Okay, so... So they sit on the laptop. The first 
person betrayed, I guess, was Donald Trump, right? Peter Strzok testifying in the impeachment. Right. But you know who were really betrayed? The entire Democratic electorate. Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders. He's a two-time loser. And uh, and uh, our girl Tulsi, right? They were betrayed, utterly betrayed. Why did Joe Biden have to become president? Because he's the only one who keep the omerta concerning the FBI's crimes. Why is it that we don't have any whistleblowers at the FBI? I, I recommend every single one of your uh, viewers watch something on Amazon. You can also find it on YouTube. It's called the United States of America versus Jimmy Bulger, Whitey Bulger. You'll see how the FBI operates. Robert Mueller was a Whitey federal Bulger, prosecutor. the uh, Johnny Depp portrayed uh, criminal. Yep, one hundred percent. My wife's grandfather went to uh, elementary school with him. Well, you'll find something very interesting in Hunter's private equity fund that he set up with the Communist Chinese. He has two partners, a guy named Devin Archer, who's on his way to jail for stealing $42 million from the Ogala Sioux Indian Can you say that guy's nation? name again? It cut out for a second. I just want to make sure the listeners right. can hear it. Devin Archer, right? Okay, thank you. Like the county in England and a guy with a bow. The third partner, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. The third partner is Jimmy Bulger, his uncle Whitey's namesake. And I've said this many times. If the Mexican cartels have not figured out that they need to hire a bulger as the face of their business operations, they're making a big mistake. Because apparently a bulger is like kryptonite to the FBI. Engaged in massive, disgusting betrayals of this country and nobody knew nothing? Of course they knew. Look, I myself blew up a uh, a Chinese influence operation in Washington, D.C. I went to the authorities. They thanked me for it. But you're going, if I can figure this out, how come you guys can't? What do you do all day? So these are his partners. This is how disgusting and how craven these people are. Right now, let's fast forward. Go through the impeachment. We go through the, the Democratic primaries. At this point, Mac Isaacs is freaking out. Now, thank God, because he didn't trust the FBI because of the games they played with him for two and a half months before picking it up. He made right. copies, gave them to his friends. Like, if I die, man, you got to take this to the newspaper. I can tell you that doesn't help. I've offered it to the Des Moines Register, the Chicago Tribune, the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, USA Today. They won't so take there are it. copies of the laptop. I offered them copies. They won't accept it. Fox News won't so, accept I it. I know some. I know Newsmax somebody Newsmax won't it. accept it. I know somebody yeah, who will take it. I'm not going to give it to some punk because this isn't okay. so that some guy in a basement eating, it, uh, you know, his mommy's macaroni and cheese can get off to the 20 hours of pornography. 20 this hours. Is 20 hours. I could make a videotape that would be an hour long of Hunter just smoking crack cocaine. What, who films himself smoking crack? Hunter Biden. I'll give you a great story. I'll give you so, so let's just go through to when Was I get the laptop. Funny. <laughs> no, no. I, I consider myself a pretty hard man. I've never fainted yeah. in my life. I've never thrown up. You know, You've never thrown up. 
Well, not because I saw something that was so disgusting right. I, I threw up. I understand. Sure. You know? Seeing people bleeding out and I didn't throw up. But I take this thing. That, that comes later. So the Democratic primaries are occurring. Mac Isaacs is like, my God. <laughs> the FBI is corrupt. They haven't done anything. They're going to let this guy continue through the primaries. Contacts like Tom Cotton tries to contact a bunch of these other guys. Now, I'm not saying that they knew that he contacted, you know, you call their office. It's not like they're responsive. They don't care. You're a peon in flyover country, man. They're cocktailing. You know, they're wearing silk ties and eating off of fine silverware in the Senate dining hall. And they'll do anything to keep that. So no one responds. And finally, in desperation, his whole family is desperate to have something happen. Mac Isaacs, you know, has at this point has had to hire a lawyer and everything. He's scared for his life. And he should be scared for his life. I've been told numerous times, watch my six. Most people tell me I should have a constant round-the-clock security detail because of the things that I'm saying. But the American people need to hear it. And note, nobody has sued me for defamation. Because they don't want to have to go to court and prove you wrong. They don't want to have to go to court and have me prove myself right. Right. So he's watching TV. I think it's in August of 2020. And he sees one of these talking heads tearing Rudy apart for having gone to the Ukraine and everywhere else. And, you know, Rudy, you're out yeah, of your Rudy's mind. Because so corrupt. If yeah, he was corrupt, mob would have bought him thirty years ago. Yeah, because Rudy's a Come you know on. Rudy's a corrupt guy, right? They're all talking him down, and Rudy is a great American. I mean, if yes. that man had done nothing in his life other than stand next to those two smoking holes and say, "America, we got this," you know, show that he wasn't a weepy son of a gun. He was a hard man, and he was going to take charge. That's all he ever accomplished in his life. That man has my respect. Because I can tell you, I was pretty weepy. And he gave me courage. And a lot of other people, too. So he sees Rudy getting torn apart by one of these left-wing pundits. And defending himself about the corruption in Ukraine. Remember, Rudy went to Ukraine in the spring of 2016 to start looking into Hunter Biden's corrupt activities over there. And that's a whole nother story because the first person to call up Rudy to offer his aid and services was his old friend, you know, the Republican, Louis Free. I'm sure he was talking to Rudy every day until I put the emails in Rudy's hands. Now, I don't know. I didn't speak to Rudy, but I made sure he got him. And that's a betrayal of just enormous, an enormous degree. Now, okay, let's say you know Louis Free didn't know that Hunter was essentially a, a useful uh, tool of Chinese communists, and they were bribing the whole family to betray America. Let's say he wasn't even aware of that. You know, he still committed crimes on behalf of Hunter, right? And he's the whole time that Rudy's investigating Hunter's behavior, getting the inside baseball from his old buddy, Rudy, who thinks I can trust this guy. Help me put away the mob. 
So he contacts Rudy, and guess what? Rudy or one of Rudy's people picks up the phone and answers him. And Mac Isaac's attorney delivers a copy to Rudy's attorney. Now, Rudy's attorney was, I believe, trying to be very thorough in verifying that this thing was real. And so I didn't really see it for a month and a half later. I'm not even sure Rudy saw it for a month and a half later. I do know that there were things that files that were being created on that laptop that are dated in late August. So I'm assuming that's when his attorney got it. But I get a copy on, I think, on the 15th or 16th of October. And as I said at the start, within 20 minutes, I found prosecutable crimes from FINRA SEC. 100%. Like layup prosecutions. Like nobody's going to want a jury trial because they're wire transactions. You know, in a courtroom that is like Mary, do you work at Bank of America? Yes, I do. Did you send this wire on the U.S. Federal Treasury SWIFT system? Yes, I did. Gary, you work for the Treasury. Did this wire pass through your computers? Yes, it did. Okay. Five-year penalty for every single time you used the federal wire system to commit a crime. Hunter could go to jail for a million years. Contacts Rudy. Rudy is a great friend of the war room pandemic at the time. We're all on the same team. And Steve says, hey, Rudy, look, you know, we can't come and sit in your lawyer's office. You know, bring it down to, uh, you know. Right. Bring it down to uh, D.C. and have my guy Maxie look at it. You know, I trust him to, to figure it out. You know, just bring it down. So just after he delivers a copy to the Delaware State Police, because there's so much evidence that Hunter was abusing his 12-year-old niece on this laptop that an American man who saw what I've seen, seen the communications that I've seen, I, I wouldn't let the guy live a day. If it was my daughter, I wouldn't let him live a day. Were there interactions on the laptop of him with the 12-year-old or just Lots regarding the 12-year-old? creepy conversations, accusations from his sister-in-law, the mother of this girl, his brother's widow, that he's mm-hmm. sexually abusing her. That he was walking around the house naked, smoking crack, watching porno, talking to like, you know, Pornhub girls, masturbating. Dozens of communications describing this behavior. Does Joe Biden come to the rescue of his 12 year old daughter? Does Hunter deny? Never does Hunter deny it. Ever. All he's concerned is, Dad, you know what this is going to do to my reputation if people find out that, you know, I'm a child abuser? You know, this is not cool, Dad. He admits it? He doesn't not admit it. Put it this way. If somebody said that you were a child abuser, what would your reaction be? What would that do to my reputation? (laughs) No, it would be, no, I'm not. My my reaction would be like, (laughs) I'm going to the police department myself. You know, I want to adjudicate this. I want to prove I'm not. Right. Not like, Dad, if anyone finds out, Haley tells everybody. My therapist called me up. Well, he, one of his therapists quits because she's so disgusted. Now, you also have to ask, why are the people in Delaware so afraid of the Bidens? Hunter's therapist apparently never went to the police. 
Dr. Jill Biden, who under Delaware law, under Delaware law, it's the strongest child protective law in the country, practically. In fact, Bo Biden set up a child protection task force and changed the law. So essentially, any citizen of Delaware is liable for a felony who knows about child abuse and does not report it to the authorities. It's particularly harsh on anybody who is licensed to work with children. Family therapist, a teacher like Dr. Jill Biden, awful person. They never do anything. In fact, at one point, there's communications where Hunter's like, you you just want to see the grandchildren. You don't care about me. He says, Mom and I care only about you, Hunter. We don't care about the grandchildren. We don't care about Haley. This is awful stuff. Hunter takes his sister-in-law. You know, you saw their dating and all this stuff. This poor woman is a total victim. You know, Hunter says awful things about her. But at the end of the day, in her grief, having lost her husband, Hunter introduces her to crack cocaine and methamphetamine. Turns her into a drug addict. Turns her into like almost like a psychological captive of his evil narcissism. She sobers up. When she sobers up, she realizes that he's been having all kinds of electronic and improper communications with her daughter. You know, FaceTiming her naked. Who FaceTimes their 12-year-old niece naked? Who smokes crack in front of him, masturbates and watches pornography on front of him? He's accused of all of this. At one point... Haley gets so frightened that she takes Hunter's gun away from him that he's carrying around in the glove box of his car. I'm not even sure that's legal in the state of Delaware. I don't think it is. She takes it away from him and throws it in a trash can in a grocery store. Well, he and, certainly couldn't legally have it. Of course not. In suburban Wilmington, this is in 2018, Hunter, neither Hunter nor his father merit Secret Service protection under the statute. Guess who shows up? The FBI. They couldn't show up for the laptop, but they showed up in, you know, a New York minute when little Hunter got in trouble because someone took his gun away from him. The FBI, the Secret Service show up, the Delaware State Police show up, and she tells all of them the same story. And I know this because Hunter recounts this story to two people in detail. She tells them that I was in fear of my life. I'm afraid for my children. I'm afraid for the public. I'm afraid he's going to harm himself. He's a drug addict and an alcoholic. What happens? Nothing. Nobody on planet Earth ever heard about that. You know, so these you Democrats. Think they let him keep the gun? Well, it's, it's unclear, irrelevant, but it's, it's interesting. It's unclear whether wonder. they gave him back the gun. Somebody found it. But one thing that did happen is the Secret Service went to the gun store in Delaware where he bought it and tried to get his FFL form away from the store owner and out of his file. They tried to scrub the evidence? They tried to scrub the evidence. Now, this is what I've heard, okay? This is not firsthand information for me. Okay, okay. But but uh, apparently the store owner's like, screw you. You know, get a warrant. This is a job for the, you know, the uh, ATF. This isn't part of your purview. They back off. Well, Hunter lied on that thing. He's a drug addict. He's using 
brother, this guy uses so much cocaine that he makes like uh, Richard Pryor look like a piker. Jesus, you think he'd be more productive? Well, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, so I let, let me laugh, ask you this, but it's horrifying. Yeah, and I'm not laughing out of any sense of joy, but let me ask you this, and it's 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 I mean, it's the elephant in the room. So you feel free not to answer if you don't feel comfortable. But did, was there child pornography on the laptop? I can tell you that. Put it this way: if there was child pornography on the laptop, why didn't the FBI arrest Hunter? There's, I don't think there's anything on there that would hold up in court on a statutory fashion that would be child pornography. Okay. You've all seen the images that those crazy Chinamen put out in G News. I can tell you, like you've seen that image where Hunter's leaning forward to the camera and there's what looks like a little girl between his legs. Mm-hmm. It's not a little girl. It's like a 45-year-old Vietnamese chick. If you blow up the picture, she's got gray hair. Her hands are all wrinkled. Mm. But, you know, I was totally opposed to giving that to those people. I I have no idea why that went through. I was completely opposed to doing it. I thought it was a distraction. But are there dozens and dozens of inappropriate photographs of a little girl in 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 her bathing suit taken from every angle by someone? There some pictures that are really inappropriate that she obviously sends to her uncle, like one where she's covering her little 12 year old boobies and got her little cotton underwear on. And she's like, Oh yeah, there's stuff like that on there. That guy was related to me. He wouldn't live out the night. (sighs) And so you have to ask yourself a question. What is, where's the soul of this country? Okay, let's say the FBI's crooked. They're trying to cover themselves up. Well, couldn't you at least off Hunter? You know, couldn't one of you guys just have enough courage to go out there and break every bone in his body? Go out and have a beer afterwards. I mean, you're corrupt. So if you if you're basically the mob, the mob would give that justice. You think a Gambino soldier who was found to molest a twelve year old girl? Wouldn't suffer worse at the hands of the mob than he would at the police? Hell yes, he would. But our police did nothing. First thing Rudy did was deliver this laptop to the Delaware State Police and the the child uh, crimes unit that Bo Biden set up. Think about this. All the time little Hunter's being accused of sexually abusing his niece, he's sitting on the board of the Bo Biden Foundation, which is created for the protection of children from child predators, sexual abuse, and, and and any other bad thing that could happen to them. Okay, so here's what happens. This kind of stuff comes out. Hunter goes to prison, but everyone's just going to say Hunter didn't run for office. What does Joe have to do with it? So is there any evidence on the laptop directly? 100%. There's evidence. There's a fellow named Jeff Cooper. runs a company called EudoraGlobal.com. Jeff Cooper's from Southern Illinois. Jeff Cooper's very tight with Dick Durbin. Jeff Cooper is reputed to have been the attorney that somehow got the sealed records on the opponent in Obama's 26th Senate special Senate election, where his wife, in the midst of her, you know, a crazy divorce, accuses him of abusing her. Now, all this is retracted when they finally settle. 
But, you know, people say crazy things in divorces, and it was enough to just push Obama over the edge. Two years later, Obama's the president. And Joe Biden, this stone-cold criminal scumbag from Delaware, is the vice president. Guess what else Jeff Cooper is? Jeff Cooper made a fortune suing people for asbestos. Guess what Joe Biden did while he was sitting on the Judiciary Committee prior to even all this stuff? He made an extension of the time that people could sue American corporations for asbestos exposure. Right, because it looks like you're helping victims, but what you're really doing is lining pockets. 100%. Oof, that's so right? fucking low, man. They've got this company called Eudora Global. Key Reed. Senator Reed's son has the same deal as Hunter, as far as I can tell. I guess he's just not a crackhead who lost his laptop. They built an online gambling operation in the cocaine-producing countries of Latin America that required high-level communications with the Treasury Departments, the President's Office of these countries. Now, the only one I know that they got it off the ground in is in Peru. Have you ever watched Ozarks? You ever watched that? The movie? No, the Ozarks, the, the, the Netflix series. Yeah, yeah, Remember? yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. What happens the when show. they get the get the uh, you know gambling casino on the riverboat? They go That's from two hundred fifty thousand dollars a week to ten million dollars a week. Right, right, right. Hunter and his partners and Jeff Cooper have an online gambling or did at the time of the laptop in Peru. Are you kidding me? Anybody know about this? I'm told that both Joe Biden and Harry Reid lobbied these Latin American governments on behalf of their sons and Cooper to get this done while he's a vice president. When Hunter flies down to Mexico to try and buy the uh, Pemex assets for the Chicoms, he flies down there with Jeff Cooper on Air Force Two. He complains to a guy in Mexico named Miguel Aleman. He's in trouble right now in Mexico because he had the equivalent of Mexican net jets and they're accusing him of fraud. He writes a letter where he complains to Miguel, how come your parent, you, you and your family didn't show up at the, uh, at the reception at the airport? You know how many effing times I got your dad into the White House? Him and Carlos Slim? I've done everything you've ever asked. How many times have you been in the vice president's office? I have photographs of Carlos Slim. Miguel, his father, Hunter, Jeff Cooper, and Joe Biden in the vice president's office. How much more clear does it get? I have a later communication between Hunter and Jeff Cooper where Hunter goes, I talked to my dad about the slim ass. Looks like we're going to get this done and we're going to be very busy over the next few years. Jeff Cooper's response in writing is, that is so fucking good. There's not a grift that they wouldn't do. After the Haitian earthquake, I have emails sent from Rajiv Shah at USAID that are titled Communications Between the Secretary of State Clinton and the Ambassador from Haiti. And it's so that Hunter and his grifty friends can get the fresh water contracts for a nation of dying, suffering people and make money. This is disgusting. Jeff Cooper reaches out to Hunter at one point in 2012, 2011, during the time when the Zimbabweans are having a drought and a famine that could kill millions. And Hunter's on the World Food Program. 
you know, Hunter's dad appointed him to that job. Just like, well, George Bush, think about this. Talk about how tight all these scumbags are. George Bush appointed uh, Hunter Biden to be on the uh, board of Amtrak. To see all the grifts they had for Amtrak. Did a great job. Amtrak, they have a company Amtrak's under Eudora under, under Global called Citizens Rx. Okay? Citizens Rx is a pharmacy benefits corporation, i.e. if the union gives us 10 bucks per member every month, they'll get a discount card for CVS. It's okay. a giant scam, right? If you're suffering from AIDS or you have diabetes or something, maybe it's good. For everyone else, it's a cash flow play for the guys who own Citizens Rx, which is Jeff Cooper, Hunter, and apparently Key Reed, the son of Harry Reed, and others. In the email where Jeff Cooper announces the launch of uh, Ocho Rio Gaming in Peru, he sends out a mass email. It's got 20 names on it. Three of them are the former ambassadors to Peru. And Colombia, I've got correspondence between Hunter and the secretary for the president of Colombia. Our president of Argentina, same thing. I mean, who's the guy from uh, New Mexico? He gets a job doing uh, uh, the Organization of American States. They're trying to grift all the contracts of American aid to Latin America. The thing in Zimbabwe, Cooper calls up Hunter, sends Hunter an email where he says, hey, Hunter, Rosen has gotten friendly with Robert Mugabe and another guy in Mugabe's government. We got to get together because we should take over the contract for the transportation of life-saving food to starving Africans. I doubt they were interested in that for charitable purposes. At one point from Zimbabwe, because somehow Hunter's now got a Zimbabwe thing going, these people in Zimbabwe, probably without knowledge, contact Hunter with this idea of combining a bunch of rural gold mines and the dredging of, I'm assuming, the Zambezi River and getting the gold from it. We can get $20 million, We can turn this thing into a real moneymaker, you know, combine all the efforts of all these small mines and we can make money. Well... That required some work on Hunter's part, so you know he didn't really see his way around getting it done. And uh, but what does Hunter do? He takes the guy's whole business proposal and he forwards it to a guy named Yi Jiaming in China, who he's also later partners in in a lot of these energy projects. Six years later, so Hunter was feeding information to the Chinese scumbags in 2011, 2012. This thing didn't start with Bohai Harvest. Maybe he was just trying to build up his cred. Do you think the Do you think the Chicoms put Biden in office this time around? I think the Chicoms had a great interest in putting Joe Biden in office. But here's what they actually did it though. That'll be for the future to tell. But I think they had a great interest in making sure he won. But here's something even more frightening. The institutions that are designed to protect us from the Chinese communists, to protect our liberties, to protect our national security, certainly had an interest in putting Joe Biden in office. Remember, I get the laptop on the 15th of October. Rudy Giuliani is hell-bent on getting these two damning emails about Ukraine published, right? He, he wants to get be proven. And at this point, you got to remember, I've spent like hundreds of hours on the laptop at this point. I find new crimes almost every time I look at it. 
And so we get two articles published in the New York Post. At the time, pre-election, Fox News wouldn't take it. The Daily Mail wouldn't take it. New York Post wouldn't take it. But because Vish Burra, our producer, had a friend up at the New York Post, and he sent her the stuff and said, yeah, you guys think you might want to consider. And my understanding is, you know, she walked into the newsroom and was like, so they did. They published two stories, relatively benign compared to all the crimes. That was on the 17th and the 18th of October. No other paper in the world picked them up that I know of. On the morning of the 19th of October, John Brennan, Clapper, Panetta, Hayden, all former heads of the CIA or director of national intelligence or the NSA, Hayden, I believe, was director of both the CIA and NSA. I may have that wrong. And 46 other intelligence professionals with over a thousand years of experience protecting America from bad actors. Write an open letter that's published in Politico at 9 a.m. on the following morning. First of all, how do you get 50 people to sign a five-page letter? I mean, I don't care if they started on the 16th. You don't. Probably not even get those people online unless they were ready to do whatever was necessary to get Joe Biden in office. They declare it to be a fabrication of Russian intelligence, a fabrication. At that point, all of the hundreds of documents that I've, I, I was posting on, on Twitter, a week later, our Twitter feed is taken down. This is fake news confirmed by Panetta and Hayden. Did Clapper you ever get your Twitter Panetta. back? Never. In fact, when they finally took my Twitter down, after I'd, you know, you'll hear a lot of people like, I got the laptop. They got 8,000 emails that when I realized that my life was truly at risk and some very hard men were advising me and still are advising me for the people listening, that I had to get it out or, or I really, my life was not worth anything, right? Now, I had already distributed almost, you know, 20 of these laptops to secure locations and individuals who have them to this day. Some of them I don't even know because I compartmentalized it. They haven't done anything with it, right? The only person out there trying to grift off this thing is that punk Garrett Ziegler. So, and and he got it through deception and a sob story about why he was so interested in helping. There'll be a time and a place to explain that one. But so you want to talk about election interference? What about the top 100 guys and retired intelligence officers of the United States writing an outright lie to the American people and then getting the fourth estate, the one that's supposed to be a, you know, a watchdog for us, to follow in lockstep. This is what I talk about when I say our intelligence services are picking winners and losers. This time they picked Joe Biden. I think they screwed up when, when Trump got elected in 2016. And to this very day, the FBI does not acknowledge possession of Hunter's laptop that I can see. I've heard. I can't confirm it. I've asked the Washington Post to take a look. That the FBI never even filed Hunter's laptop into evidence. Totally buried. 
guess a parasitoed. I guess they didn't realize that Mac Isaacs was a smart enough young patriot not to trust the FBI. Think about that. None of this would be available to anybody if Mac Isaacs had trusted the FBI. Thank God he didn't, because they would have buried it 100%. Now, not another thing is published in any newspaper of repute until the end of April. Why is that? Because I got on an airplane with a hard drive and flew it to the Daily Mail. Hand delivered it. Spent 11 hours with their reporter, Josh Boswell, who I also might add, a man of great integrity. I have great admiration. You know, in my career, I've run into a lot of scumbags in the journalist uh, arena. Josh Boswell is a top, top guy. Guy deserves a Pulitzer for what he's done. Now, I offered it to Fox News. They won't take it. They won't take it. They want to know everything. You know, I give them all the heads up that I give give the Daily Mail. I stop I stop bothering with it. Waste of time. All these brave people on Fox News, they ain't brave. Right, show me the brave guy in the Senate or the House. I've interviewed half of them. They've never reached out to me. I called Marjorie Taylor Greene's office in February trying to give it to her. Now, did her staff tell her that, them that I called? I don't know. But is that my responsibility? People are afraid of their government. When this many people are afraid of their government and distrustful of their government, that means we live in a police state already. We just haven't woken up to the reality. Look at the FISA court warrants that they did on Carter Page. We found out that Kleinsmith, the attorney for the FBI, filed fraudulent warrants because it turned out that Page was an informant for the CIA. None of these guys get prosecuted either. I mean, even even if you go to something as simple as Fauci testifying in front of Congress and then within weeks it gets proven that he lied. Like, how is it that nobody ever gets prosecuted for this bullshit? Because the American people don't demand it. Things had better change. What does demanding it look like? Because obviously the whole voting thing isn't working. (laughs) Well... You know, well, part of the problem is we've got to get over this Republican Democrat nonsense. Yes. Right. Because let's face it, there's seven members or eight members who are Republicans, most of them considered hardcore, including the senator from Texas named Ted Cruz. Right. Who have done nothing since July 7th. They well, won't even return I'm, my calls. And I can assure yeah. you, I got dragged into the Kavanaugh hearings because I was in the same fraternity with Kavanaugh and I was in the same society as he was. We pledged the fraternity the same year, but I was a year behind him in the society. I can assure you that the staffers and the attorneys of the Senate Judiciary Committee made hundreds of calls to me at that time. But they won't even call me back now. So I hold all of them, including your senator from Texas, responsible. And well, maybe I that's finally, why the Republicans wanted him to be the candidate so bad in 2016. I've tried so many times to try and let these institutions heal themselves. We have a constitution. They've all taken oaths. As far as I'm concerned, none of them are trustworthy. Now, there may be some that don't know. And uh, you're going to see in the next couple of weeks, you see the blinking, blinking discussions today and the uh, 
questions by Perry from Pennsylvania yesterday. They were kind of uncomfortable, right? And even the FBI is now going to be doing some investigations, you know. But they're going to whitewash everything. They're going to whitewash it. This is what they want to do. There's some things in the works that's going to make that impossible for them. It's going to be responsible, but it is going to make them impossible for them to whitewash this. So you have to ask yourself a question. We're going to lose everything, my friend. We're going to be just like communist China, only we're going to pretend that we're the land of the free and the home of the brave. I can assure you we're not going to be the land of the free. And to date, I can count on two hands the number of brave people that I've come in contact with over this. None of them are at Fox News. None of them are at the New York Times. I got it into the into the Washington Post because Glenn Kessler, who's their fact checker, wrote an article claiming that, you know, false, the story from the Daily Mail is false. Joe Biden didn't go to that restaurant to meet Hunter's corrupted friends. He went to that restaurant to meet Father Kulakis. Well, Father Kulakis is the same guy who was inviting Hunter dinner with the directors of the FBI in New York City while Hunter was running criminal activity out of New York City three years prior. So he's just another scumbag friend of the Biden family. And I have emails, Hunter informing all of his partners that my dad's going to be at the restaurant. And I send this to Kessler in a very polite fashion. I say, Glenn, you know, I respect you as a journalist. I have no reason not to, right? Maybe he doesn't know. And to Glenn Kessler's credit, he hooks me up with, uh, you know, Tom Hamburger. And Tom Hamburger, I think, is a very honorable guy. I hope they're going to move. You know, I, I've agreed that all of our discussions are confidential. But they've had it since June 14th. I sat in a room for two and a half hours with Hamburger and for two hours with Peter Walston, the national editor for the Washington Post. I gave them every name, every geography, the majority of the crimes. I showed them how to open and go through the laptop. Is there no one who's going to stand up for America? I'm, I'm literally pleading. And then you've got these grifters who are raising money because they're doing all this stuff on the laptop. Those people deserve the contempt of every American. I've not taken a dime. I'm in negative net worth now because of my own money that I've spent. You know why? Because I didn't want anybody to be able to look at Maxie and say, Maxie's doing this for money. I'm doing this for only one reason. So that my God recognizes me when I arrive. And so when I get to that big beer hall in the sky, my heroes will separate and give give me a spot at the bar. That's it. I did it for my honor, for my children, because it's my duty. You think I want to be the guy with Hunter Biden's laptop? But I realized once no one else was going to do anything about it, I'm in an ethical trap. If I don't do something, then I'm just as bad as they are. And I want to meet my God with my head held high. I don't know about the rest of them. I guess their shiny sports cars and their silk ties and their pensions are worth more. What about WikiLeaks, Maxi? WikiLeaks doesn't exist anymore in reality. The same 8,000. Here's an interesting story about the 8,000 emails that I released that 
a bunch of documents and you'll see all these bloggers. I've got Hunter Biden's laptop. They don't have squat. I did that because a dear friend of mine, a hardcore American patriot, guy with decades of service to this country in danger spots around the world, told me, Maxie, if you don't release this, I actually said, hey, check this out, man. Check out this file I got. Because he just sort of created a little little file of stuff. And he checked it out. He calls me back. He's like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. I've asked my wife to come in from the driveway where she's washing the car. I'm scanning the hillsides behind my house. He's like, Maxie, you, you might not live out the day unless you release this to the public. So we devised this plan to release this miniature bundle, no pictures, no videos, no nothing, so that people who might want me dead would know that I meant business. We put it on two secure Dropboxes, anonymous Dropboxes in the United States, the same ones that the FBI tell us that child pornographers use to secretly share information, right? We put it on a Dropbox in New Zealand. We put it on two Dropboxes in the United Kingdom. And we thought, okay, we're there. The longest any of those files lasted up there and this is before i've even told people you know go download it here i haven't told anybody they were pulled down off the internet the longest though any of them lasted was 120 minutes or one hour and 20 minutes 80 minutes some oh of them my were God. Some so of that them, means that the fbi has them uploaded and has some sort of software crawling the web to find the identical file and automatically remove it probably i don't know the mechanics that's got to be what's happening but that also remember, but remember, the UK and New Zealand are part of Five Eyes, the intelligence sharing community. You know the, the agreement that we have. So, with the, so the only way world. to the only way to destroy. Oh, you know what I did? Like, you know what I? I'll tell you what I did. There's a company called Swiss Transfer, which is in part partially owned by the Swiss government. They allow you to upload 50 gigabytes, and since the file was only one point six big gigabytes clearly not an entire laptop for all those people claiming to have the laptop put it up on swiss transfer 50 gigs at a time 26 downloads at a time probably got about ten thousand downloads around the world from that that's probably the only reason i'm still alive so any swiss people that are watching god bless you god bless you for standing up for freedom and human dignity because our own country wouldn't allow it. Great Britain would not allow it. New Zealand would not allow it. Swiss, Swiss did. And, you know, all of this should terrify everybody, utterly terrify everybody. We are being destroyed by the very institutions that are supposed to protect us. Kleinsmith, the guy who filed the false thing, Carter Page's lawyers finally figure out that his warrant was a lie, right? Because if he's a CIA asset, the reason they want to know that is so that a FISA warrant doesn't upset some operation with national security implications. Carter Page talked to the CIA all the time. He never got a dime. He wasn't like the professor in Cambridge getting $450,000 a year for being a scumbag. Carter Page was a patriotic guy. Every time he met with the Russians... He went and talked to the CIA, told them everything he knew. 
And since they've now revealed all that, Carter Page is probably a dead man going back to the Russia. Why would you trust these people? Why would you ever think that they have your six? They don't care. Why have no FBI agents come forward? Because just like Gambino's soldiers, they know what happens when you break Omerta. Again, watch the United States of America versus Jimmy Bulger. And then remember. Whitey Bulger. That, well, it's called versus Jimmy Bulger, James Bulger. I see. I see. That makes sense. But his nephew is named for Whitey. He's Jimmy Bulger and he's Hunter's partner in the criminal activities with the communist Chinese. Listen, in 2016, they buy a company called Heineken Motors. President's vice, his father's vice president. In, in Detroit, Heineken Motors makes all kinds of car parts, but their value is in that they are the world leaders in dampening systems, engine mounts, you know, wheel mounts. This applies to everything from the Buick Easy Glide to the F-35 fighter. We sold that to the communist Chinese. It required CFIUS review. Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States means the Director of National Intelligence has to sign off on it. This means that the Treasury has to sign off at the Commerce Department, the Department of Defense. One other, I think it's I think it's the uh, Secretary of State. They all sign off. They sell an American strategic asset to the communist Chinese. Why? Because the names on it are Hunter Biden, Jimmy Bolger, Devin Archer. Devin Archer was Chris Hines's, and Senator Hines, John Kerry's, you know, ketchup grift. Kerry's married to his mommy. They all sign what? off on it. John Kerry is married to Teresa Hines. I see. In fact, John Hines used to be a partner. Chris Hines, I think it's Chris or John. I apologize, please. I'm not trying to hammer the Hines family. Because actually he quits working with Hunter when Hunter goes to Burisma. Because even the Hines boy knows this is looking bad. He actually informs John Kerry via email. This is not good. Sends an email to both Kerry's chiefs of staff. I have photographs from the State Department showing John Kerry getting briefed by his chief of staff twice in the following day. First thing in the morning and later that afternoon. The day after they've gotten the email from John Kerry's uh, stepson saying, this is not a good thing, Pops. John Kerry's reaction is, oh, I, no one ever told me. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And remember, it was the State Department that accused the president of illegal activities in a phone call with Zelensky, the president of, of Ukraine. It was John Kerry's employees, Voinovich and Kent, who testified against the president. Somebody ought to ask the question of, why did the State Department pull Pyatt, who was the ambassador before Voinovich, in the midst of all this, you know, their desire to fire these prosecutors, Pyatt is removed and sent back to Greece with a demotion. Why was he removed? Some enterprising reporter should ask him. I'm guessing it's because he wasn't going to play along with their shenanigans. And then, like everyone else who's afraid of his government, he decided to shut his trap. Well, they picked the wrong American. I've already offered my life to this country. 
And I had to drive by Arlington Cemetery on a regular basis. What about those 18-year-old kids taking dirt naps? You know, Burke's dictum, we owe as much to the past as we owe to the future. We ought to start acting like it. This is wow. a scandal beyond belief. It makes Watergate look like a uh, child's play. This is a betrayal to our, our, our enemy, the enemy of all people. The Communist Party of China is literally the enemy of human freedom on planet Earth. And the Bidens are in business with them. You know? Do you think, you that, have, uh, do you think the Chinese leveraged COVID in order to throw the election? We know for sure that they allowed COVID to come. What is bigger right. question is, why did the world follow the Chinese model? Why did we decide to lock everything down? Why did we presume that that was the way to get back on our feet? Children of America have lost two years of schooling now. Yep. Or a year and a half. Right? How yep. is that helping it? What is that going to mean for the future? How many suicides occurred last year? Because if people lost everything because of a, a cowardly government. I mean, I'll send you a link. You ought to play it for your people. There, Stephen Hatfield, dear friend of mine. I mean, I, you know, I could talk just as much about scandals concerning the whole COVID thing. This is why do you think that? Why do you think Biden uh, pushed the um, the vaccine mandates? Do you think he's just personally invested in these pharma companies? Like, what what's the deal? I don't understand the incentive. I, I think it's a deflection. Right. He keeps everybody in a sense of panic. He has all the Karens thinking they're going to die going to the grocery store. I was I was reporting on the on this pandemic before they even declared it a pandemic. Right. Back in December. And I was reading every single publication that came out. And the first thing that was published out of the Wuhan was describing the, the mortality. Right. Who's at risk? Nothing has changed since that first paper. I said it on air. I said, look, you're healthy. You're under 70. You're not overweight. You don't have uh, heart disease or pulmonary issues with your lungs. You don't have diabetes. You're going to be fine. That has held true to the present day. Right, with very few anecdotal exceptions. Well, think about it. Four and a half million people have died globally on this. We know they've inflated the rates in America. You know, a, a guy who's got fourth stage cancer who died with a sniffle gets listed as dying of right. COVID. Right. And all those right? kids who died of COVID under 18, certainly many of them were leukemia kids or fucked almost, up. Or almost like every that. single one. And we failed those kids. We failed them because if we were going to lock anything down, it should have been, you know, try, right. you know, wards on hospitals or old age homes. Instead, we infected all of them and killed them. The hospital gets. Sent, in some cases, sent people to them. Yeah, right, I mean, Cuomo. Cuomo, listen, it was done in almost everywhere in the country. In fact, I'll tell you something I'm very proud of. One of the largest uh, health care providers for the elderly in America reached out to me when I was doing my reporting. I'm talking in January. Mm -hmm. And in maybe the third week in January, first week in February, they held a conference where they using any guy sent me a letter. He said, I, I can't thank you enough. You know, you, you have no idea how many lives you're going to ask. One of their employees was watching my show. They held a conference to educate the managers of all these old age homes about how to handle this most effectively. 
and they did it. They protected their elderly. When you talk about hydroxychloroquine, I don't. Most people aren't aware, but my dear friend Dr. Hatfield just gave a speech before the Italian Parliament. So I'll tell you, it's not secret anymore. I'm sick of keeping secrets for these people because of information that I provided and Dr. Hatfield provided secretly. The White House purchased 62 million dosages of hydroxychloroquine. I was not allowed to report on it for a month and a half. Two million? 62 million dosages of hydroxychloroquine. How many doses of hydroxychloroquine do you have to take as an individual if you get COVID? 11. It costs 60 cents a piece. So they they got enough for 6.2 million human beings in the United States to take hydroxychloroquine full? Yeah, and they were because we don't produce hydroxychloroquine and we don't produce almost any drugs, 80-90% of the drugs that are used in America Vital life-saving drugs are made in China, right? And the, and even if we wanted to make them, the precursor chemicals that we use to make those drugs are all also produced important. in China. We don't make aspirin in the United States anymore. There's no one who produces aspirin. We don't produce this penicillin inside the United States anymore. Heparin. What about ivermectin? Drug, are you a fan? I'm a huge fan of ivermectin. Yeah, me too. I've been taking ivermectin for a decade. Not because I'm trying to solve viruses, but because I spent so much time in tropical places and, you know, right. I'm more suited well, It's a malaria the- preventative, right? Don't they give it to you if you're going to go to Africa no. or something? No, that's hydroxychloroquine. That's oh, the that's joke right. about that's hydroxychloroquine. Right. Remember they said it would harm your heart? There's, right. a, there's a, a retrospective study published by the World Health Organization in 2017 called Cardiotoxicity and Chloroquine-Based Drugs. Why? Because they've given hydroxychloroquine to, they've given billions of dosages of this to people in Africa. Right. You know, you'll note, sub-Saharan Africa in the malarial belt, they have almost no deaths. You know why? Because right. if you're living in, in, uh, in the Congo and you're starting to get a fever and some sniffles and a headache, you don't reach for the goodies, uh, you know, headache powder. You go into the local store and they got you know, boxes of hydroxychloroquine right there. Cause it's the first line, line treatment for a malaria. This study from 2017, it's a retrospective study of four and a half million people. Couldn't find any cardiotoxicity. Yet, so they four just years later, made it up? they just made it up. So they take the emergency use status for the vaccines? or Well, here, here's, here's what happened. We bought 62 million dosages secretly. And why did we right. do that? So, so, because so that not every other nation wouldn't buy them too? And no, 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 no. That, 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 that had nothing to do with it. It had to do with the fact that there are lots of people who take hydroxychloroquine every day in America. People mm. with uh, uh, rheumatoid right. arthritis, people with uh, anybody with lupus takes 400 milligrams of hydroxychloroquine every day for the rest of their life. For the early treatment protocol for hydroxychloroquine, it's 400 milligrams a day. Right. It's the same that if, if I came in and my cheeks were like this and my doctor said, wow, you know, Eric Turner said, you've got lupus, ma'am. He's not going to give you an EKG test. He's going to write you a script for hydroxychloroquine, 400 milligrams a day. So we bought this supply. So, and I was not allowed to report on it because they were afraid there'd be a run on the pharmacies of North America. And then the, the people with lupus and the people with rheumatoid arthritis wouldn't get their vitally necessary drugs. Drugs that they take all day, every day. 
for the rest of their lives. Nobody does an EKG on them. What happened was there was a, you know, a guy, you know, a mass murderer named Rick Bright who works over at BARDA. And then the administrators of the FDA, they decided, oh, we're going to put an emergency use authorization on this drug that is safer than Tylenol, significantly safer than Tylenol. They put a, a band on this and they decided it's an emergency use authorization can only be given for hospitalized patients. There's been a global takedown by people on the pay of communists at the Lancet, the New England Journal of Medicine. They all wrote false studies that were based upon false. Okay. We could say well, the WHO. I mean, they were too scared to even say that Taiwan was a real thing. Put it this way: Go look up, uh, you know, chloroquine and heart cardiotoxicity in the World Health Organization. They've taken the document down. It's not. It's not even on their site anymore. Why? Because it, it it proves the lie. Do you know that there are serious doctors? I'm talking people at Yale, people who, who in in Hatfield's case, ran Fort Detrick. You know, ran the army in a disease uh, lab. You know that we probably could have saved as many as 75% of the deaths in America were unnecessary. They're unnecessary. The WHO is running a Google ad right now saying that hydroxychloroquine does not have clinical benefits for COVID-19. They're running an ad. They're paying to tell, to, to show that to me in the circle. Who, who, who do you think, I mean, Tedros is a member of the Maoist party of his home country. So yeah, the WHO doesn't have anything about cardiotoxicity, but the uh, NCIB does have some – NCBI, excuse me, does some – I'll, I'll, I'll uh, send you the, the document. Studies. I'll send you I, the I document. agree with you. I, I, I say the PDF, it's 47, it's 47 pages long. And it's yeah. to make everybody know because in Africa what happens, we're trying to eradicate malaria from the area, right? They won't right, let us right. use. They won't let us use DDT anymore, so we can't kill the mosquitoes, you know, because right. DDT is too harmful. In some places, they've allowed you to spray the inside of homes, but not outside. Right? Between World War II and the banning of DDT in seventy-two, three, four, whatever it was, we'd eradicated, largely eradicated malaria from planet Earth. To this very day, five hundred thousand African children die of malaria every year so if i'm going into a region and we're talking about regions that are size of u.s states and we're trying to eradicate uh, malaria i'll go in and i'll give a mass dose of hydroxychloroquine to the entire population because if i can run it through the life cycle of the mosquito they're not getting the malaria right there's no host anymore. So we are theoretically eradicate malaria by handing out hydroxychloroquine to, you know, illiterate Africans, but somehow it's too dangerous for, you know, whitey. This is the whole thing is so racist. It's terrifying. I mean, great story. Somebody should do a podcast on this. There's a con- uh, city in, in, in uh, Ecuador called Guanacil. Second largest city in Ecuador. You remember in April of last year, the New York Times had Guanacil on the front page of their paper 
the most deadliest city in the world. People were literally dying on the streets. They were losing 460, 70 people a day. What's well, an impoverished city? More than half the population lives hand to mouth. They didn't have the money to go buy 500 ventilators. They didn't have the money to, you know, expand their hospital system. So the city fathers got together. This is in April of last year. And they said, hey, this hydroxychloroquine looks like it works. This azithromycin looks like it works. And these two in combination look like they work. This is before everybody adopted ivermectin. But so they went out and got the city fathers. He got the rich men of the city, the mayor, scraped together $30 million. They bought enough hydroxychloroquine for every single person in the city. And they made it available everywhere from like, you know, the coffee shop to the newspaper stand. That's and you were, you were to self-treat with these two drugs if you were presenting with symptoms. I see. They took the death rate in Guanakil from 467 dead the first of the month to zero at the end of the month. Wow. What? Nobody read about that. The New York Times never did a follow-up story on Guanakil. They did a follow-up story. Jesus Christ. They hated Donald Trump so much that they were willing to sacrifice the lives of hundreds of thousands of Americans to, to paint him poorly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So what what uh, what should I be doing? What can I be doing? I think all your viewers should call all the Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee and ask them what they're doing with Hunter Biden's laptop. Ask okay. them why they are not doing their constitutional duty. Ask them who's going to protect the Senate Judiciary. Child. You know? Okay. I'll, and uh, my I'll recommendation is my recommendation is don't bother with the Washington number. Grassley's got six offices in in uh, Iowa. Call each one of those up. Each of those up. Each one. Call the local offices. Yes, state level be, offices. because you'll get a human who will answer the phone. Right, right. You don't get that in D.C. because everybody's spamming those phones. Well, you know. So they write a letter. Think, I tell you what, the best thing to do is write a letter. They who wrote the letters? They always read the letters. They have to. They do? Legally? Not necessarily, but it means a lot more that some constituent took the time to write three sentences and put a 39-cent stamp on it. If it's mm -hmm. still 39 cents now, I don't know. It could be $3.50. I'm so rich, I don't even have to look. <laughs> Just fucking you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's people need to wake up, man. We're going to lose this country. This country that people bled to create. Imagine what this country would be like if everyone had the cowardice of today. We would have never tamed the wilderness. Ever. And yet here we are. We've been bequeathed the most blessed place on planet Earth. And we're acquiescing to totalitarianism. Not even putting up a fight. All right. So let's, let's wrap this up on a good note. First, where can people find you to follow you? And second, what is something that gives you hope that we're going to come out of this? You know what gives me hope? It's not the politicians. It's people like my family who sent their kids into the military. You know, it's the people who, who are still willing to sacrifice for this country. 
I believe that the American people armed with the truth can overcome any power on earth. But look at who's been trying to keep the truth from us. The media, all of it. There's not a single, you know, name any conservative outlet. They've all said no. Have you tried and Revolver? I'm not, I'm not dealing with, you know, the internet guys. I'm dealing with, because I live in the real world, right? Show me what legislation or anything Revolver News is ever going to change. Right. You know, they've got 100,000 echo chambered uh, conservatives who read it. I'm not besmirching right. them. Decent journalists. Of course, of course. But, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post goes, well, that was in Revolver. Right. I want it to be in the Washington Post. And they've had it since June 14th. Three months. Well, maybe we're going to have to buy it. I don't know. So, about, I'm serious. I, I, I wish that I wish that Republican influencers with money. Well, let's let's look let's shit. look at the let's look at the Republican Party. We left 600 Patriots. They never found a gun or anything to rot in D.C. jails. Did anybody pay their bail? Bail? Donald Trump raised 250 million dollars post election because it was stolen from me. You know, enough whining. Captain, you ran the ship aground. You lost the football game to the handicap team. Get over it. Right. Right? And if they if they robbed the warehouse in the middle of the night and you were tasked with hiring guards, why did you not hire guards? How did you spend $2 billion and lose to a guy who can't string a sentence together? How did you not have a legal team in a single state, let alone the battleground states? Who's responsible for that? Is it the captain? My tradition, damn right it's the captain. You got to get over this cult of Trump. Yeah. Okay, good guy. He had his chance at bat. He had his chance at bat. Guess what? He lost the World Series to a Little okay. League team. Yeah. Yep. So where can people, where, where can people find you to see this content? I, I know you have a Vimeo page. You can find me at, at Jack Maxi one J A C K M A X E Y one at gab. I've probably posted 150 documents on there. Hunter overdosing girls, Hunter selling crack cocaine, buying crack cocaine, Hunter communicating with the communist Chinese, Chairman Z picking winners and losers for the Bohai Harvest. Listen, they buy they try to buy one company in Sweden and two in Germany in the same time frame that our guys signed off on it. The Swedes said no. For national security reasons, under no circumstance we're gonna sell our company to the fucking Chicoms. These are NATO allies. Germany does it with two companies. One a tungsten metal manufacturing company and the other one that makes electronic lenses. For everything from the you know a cell phone to a J dam, they said no. But our guys said yes. The betrayal runs deep, and you will notice there's an old saw about Washington. Everyone comes to do good, and they stay to make good. Well, ask me this: Why are they all rich? Why does Joe Biden have five houses? Right? 
Why is it that every Biden flies first class every there? How is Hunter able to stay in five hundred or thousand dollar a night hotel rooms, spending three or four or six thousand dollars on hookers, and maybe half that on drugs every day? I mean, for example, give you an idea of how bad it is. Hunter's on a three day bender in Connecticut in the spring of of twenty nineteen, just before he loses the laptop, and he's freaking out because. His Chinese partners and his, and his energy business, they've both been disappeared. One has been literally murdered. Hunter on tape calls him the spy chief of China. My partner, the spy chief of China, has been murdered. Says it on tape. Who am I supposed to believe? Hunter or my own lion ears? Mm-hmm. This is out there. There's hours of audio recordings that Hunter records. Hunter claims that he used to smoke crack with Marion Barry. His daddy wrote the law on crack cocaine that put the generation of black men in jail. And while Marion Barry's under surveillance and a couple weeks later busted for crack cocaine, he's smoking crack late, late night with Hunter? They don't know about it? Yeah, break. Black America should be out in the streets over this. Time wow. to fight back. They work for us. They're not elected leaders. They're elected servants, as someone told me the other day. But we got to start saying, chop, chop, boys. Do your job. Because we're going to lose this country. And I'll tell you what, if we lose it, it's going to be on their backs, not mine. So everybody wow. needs to put on their big boy pants and, and uh, you know, Instead of the mouth bravery, we got to start having some physical and moral courage. I'm tired yeah, of these perfumed right. princes telling us what to do, what to believe, how to feel, how to educate our children. They fail every year in every single thing that they do. And every year they tell us with just another $2 trillion, we'll get the potholes fixed. From the local county government all the way to the federal government, we need a change. I think every single elected official should be voted out of office in 2022. Yeah, we should have some sort of a constitutional provision where every 25 years, no incumbent is reelected or something like that. I don't don't need a constitutional provision. What we have to do is stop being sucked in by shiny people with fancy tongues and a lot of promises. Half of these guys get elected by promising to give you something you didn't work for. Right, or give you you something they just can't give you. (laughs) This is the definition of, uh, this is Lincoln's definition of slavery. As I would not be a a slave, so I would not keep one. You know, I would not take the sweat of another man's brow for my bread. The government does this all day long, redistributing the efforts of other people. While providing nobody anything. And they murdered hundreds of thousands with their desire to get rid of Donald Trump on a global basis. Remember, American medical leadership meant that even the Europeans couldn't get hydroxychloroquine. Well, thank you for coming on, Jack. I really appreciate you taking and I mean, you know, almost two and a half I, hours to, to I, know, share I, know, I know I'm an, I know I'm an angry guy over this, right? But I, I want to leave people with optimism. We have the greatest country on planet Earth, man. Greatest yep. country. Yep. Let's fight for it. It's worth it. Because if we fight for it, we're going to take it back. 
If we sit back and do nothing, we're going to lose it. A very wise man told me one time, he said, Jack, I don't care what the contest. If you don't fight back, you're going to lose. And if mm-hmm. we don't fight back, we're going to lose this country. The greatest blessing for humanity in the history of the world is going to be lost on our watch. I certainly don't want to go see my grandfather's having lost his country. Yep. Heaven, heaven will not be a destination I want to arrive at at that point. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Well, I think you know. I think we're all angry, and the challenge is knowing Listen. what can be done and what to do. And it's just a matter of getting enough consensus and organization to really. You know, we got to stop talking about consensus. Everybody is in control of their own destiny. That's right? true. Yes. You know, so get up off yes. your ass and start fighting. Write letters, make demands, right. set your iPhone for two o'clock every day and call a different congressman and a different senator and read them the riot act. Be polite, be firm, but let them know you're coming for them at the ballot box. And I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. Let's remember, all of the Republican leadership could have had the laptop back in October of last year. Yep. I'm going to push that. I'm going to, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to call like crazy tomorrow. I'm going to use my Twitter to the best of my ability to try to make it happen. Yeah. And go to my gab page. Documents off. Can take, you know, I don't I'm care. I'm in Texas. I could probably walk into one of the offices. You should. I'll send yeah. you a copy of my letter to uh, Senator Grassley. Please Share do. that with all your people. Have them print it out and uh, fold it up into a thing with their own writing on like, What the hell are you going to do? Because if they lose it for us, shame on us. Shame on us. We've been relying on these people since the end of the Second World War to do the right thing, and they've never done the right thing, ever. Well, thank you for coming on. This is, you know, this has been an encouraging conversation, despite the the fact that it's so focused on highlighting the corruption. And um, well, listen, the American people, as I say, you're making and the risk that you're taking. I don't, I don't, um, I don't underestimate that. So I just want to express to you, thank you for. I'm aware of it. You know what it's like to tell you, tell your kids, have that conversation with your kids. Hey, your dad might get whacked. And then what's even more scary is, you know, my daughter says to me, she goes, Dad, I know. And I know you're never going to quit. You know how sick it is when a 20-year-old girl knows that her government is the, has the capacity to do that because they're corrupt? This country's 80% lost right now. We're at the Chosin Reservoir right now. Yeah, it's unless, some like chesty, unless some chesty puller starts standing up and rallying people, we're going to lose this country. It can't be more... Serious. Well, so get out there, do your duty, people. Duty, honor, country. Thank this is you. Not, this is not complicated. Thank you for fighting a good fight. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you've taken the time to speak with me for a couple hours because I am just one of those internet guys. Well, um, but I'm doing the best I can. Hopefully, hopefully, you'll get two million views. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do what I can to make that happen. Uh, I've been pushing this podcast for about well, four months now. and, and Text me the link. I'll share it with all my people. Yep. 
I will. I'm not going to quit until we're there. And I'm going to cut it up into some shorts too, because those those have more virility. Um, virality is probably the right right term. Anyway, virility thank is you so much. Right okay. So anyway, that is, <laughs> no, we're having a we're having a language discussion. Listen, people, first, get out there and do your duty. Smile, yeah. be happy, warriors. I'm angry half the time. I can laugh about this stuff. You know, if I didn't laugh about it, I would cry. And I don't have time for tears, man. Got to save this well, country. I will. Um, I will end the stream. Hang tight for a second, and we'll uh, we'll say goodbye. Thanks again. I appreciate you, Jack Maxi, everybody, and we'll see you next time.